Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese-Kroll. And I'm Dr. Lonre Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice but don't want to be overwhelmed? Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. On this episode, we are talking about a biggie, bullying and cyberbullying. What do these look like in the 21st century? How does bullying really affect children? And what can parents and other adults do about it? Keep listening to work through this tough topic together. Hey, hey, Lise. Hey, Lon. I'm glad we're tackling this important issue, though we might need a few mom jokes to get us through it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a heavy topic, but humor is like our secret parenting weapon, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Lisa, what did the banana say to the bully? I'm afraid to ask. You hurt my peeling. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, that is a very apropos joke, given your well-known antipathy to bananas. <laughs> uh, yeah, they may be the only thing I've ever bullied. <laughs> well, no one's perfect. <laughs> well, thank you for your support. <laughs> okay, so I don't get upset about the bullying of bananas. I mean, they're like, they're like, they're squishy and they smell, not a fan. Um, but we all do get upset about the bullying of people. Now, bullying and cyberbullying have evolved over the years. Most of us have a pretty good idea of what it is, but Lisa, how do the experts define it? Well, the CDC defines bullying as a form of youth violence and as an adverse childhood experience. They say that it's any unwanted aggressive behavior by another youth or group of youths who are not siblings or current dating partners that involves an observed or perceived power imbalance and is repeated multiple times or is highly likely to be repeated. Bullying may inflict harm or distress on the targeted youth, including physical, psychological, social, or educational harm. Bullying can be physical, verbal, social. That includes things like spreading rumors or excluding from the group. Or it can include damage to the property of the victim. And cyberbullying is when bullying occurs via technology. Importantly, a young person can be a perpetrator, a victim, or both. That's also known as bully slash victim. Mm. We'll link to the CDC fact sheet on bullying in our show notes at HippocraticHost.com. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, it's totally not uncommon for kids to experience trauma at the hands of those with more power. And whether that power is older age or bigger size or higher social status or whatever, and then inflict trauma on those with less power. Right. And it's important for us to keep that in mind. You know, bullies aren't usually just born monsters. Mm -hmm. Often they were victimized at some point, too. Exactly. And sadly, bullying has been around since the beginning of time. Right. But mm -hmm. cyberbullying, as we all know, is new. So how is this world different from when we were kids? Oh, boy. Remember the days of just passing notes and whispering behind someone's back? Right. <laughs> now kids have smartphones and social media as their weapons. Mm -hmm. You know, now the good thing is that that sometimes means that there's more of a digital record. 
But the bad thing is that that sometimes means that there's more of a digital record. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, our teenage torment never had the chance to go viral when we were kids. <laughs> right. right. This new world also means that while home used to be a potential safe haven, no matter what was going on at school, now bullies can follow kids right into their bedrooms. Oh, it's horrible. Isn't it? It is. I mean, it means that our kids are facing an entirely new set of challenges. Mm -hmm. It's like mean girls, but with Wi-Fi. Right, right. (laughs) So how common is it? You know, well, one in five U.S. high school students reports being bullied on school property, while one in six report being cyberbullied in the last year. About 30% of female students report being bullied compared to 19% of male students. And bullying is most common at the middle school level, and nearly 14% of public schools report that bullying is a major discipline problem occurring once a week or more. Oh, it's awful. And the consequences of bullying are severe. Mm -hmm. They can include physical injuries, emotional distress, self-harm, homicide, and suicide. Bullying increases the risk of depression, sleep problems, substance abuse, and dropping out of school. Kids who bully others and are bullied themselves are at the highest risk for mental health and behavioral problems. That's horrible. But what's interesting is we don't have to accept these high rates of bullying. Andrew Bacher Hicks, an assistant professor of education at Boston University, found in a 2021 study that rates of bullying went down during the COVID pandemic. Now, that maybe that's not surprising. The majority of students were remote and not seeing each other in person. But what is surprising is that rates of cyberbullying also went down. So the study authors felt that this might indicate that a significant portion of cyberbullying may have its seeds planted in in-person interactions. So when those in-person interactions are interrupted, the cyberbullying may be also. That's fascinating. Isn't it? It is. So, you know, as COVID restrictions fade more and more into the past, what should parents do since bullying remains an unfortunate part of our children's world and they are spending time together? Mm -hmm. You know, what are some warning signs that our child might be being bullied? Well, a child who's being bullied might become more withdrawn, more depressed or more anxious. You know, they might become avoidant, maybe not wanting to participate in activities, even ones that they previously enjoyed. They may have unexplained injuries. You know, in terms of being cyberbullied, they may have notable increases or decreases in their device use, maybe avoiding letting others see what's on their devices, or they may be creating new social media accounts or deleting old ones with that explanation. Cyberbullies have lots of new ways to torment people that didn't exist 15 or 20 years ago. And one of those methods is catfishing. Now, there have been lots of books and movies made about this in recent Mm -hmm. years, right? We've all heard of it. But in a nutshell, catfishing is using fake images and information to create a false identity and deceive a victim into believing that they're in an online friendship or romantic relationship with that person who doesn't actually exist. And this can be deeply humiliating to the victim. It can cause tremendous loss of self-esteem, and it can cause real-world consequences, A lot of catfishers ask for sexually explicit photos, which they can then post online, or they ask for money, which the victim never gets back. Oh, it's so scary. I know. And we know that catfishers can be very convincing, so it can be tough to figure out when someone you're talking to online is not real. Teaching kids to identify red flags is so crucial. 
So one red flag is love bombing. And that's someone telling you that they love you after you've only been online friends for a few weeks. Uh, And another red flag is when the person continually makes excuses to avoid a video call or meeting in person. So if they don't want you to see their face, you know, that's a huge red flag. You know, other red flags include when they tell stories that don't add up or when they seem to always tell you exactly what you want to hear, which is like kind of a red flag in real life, too. (laughs) As much as I like to always hear exactly what I want to hear. (laughs) Exactly. But it's a a little sus as it's baby's face. (laughs) Nicely done. Nicely done. (laughs) My teen will be proud. (laughs) But we also need to teach kids protective strategies. And one is to never ever send money or sexually explicit photos of yourself to someone you've never met. And Lonra and I believe in telling kids never to take sexually explicit photos at all. Right. Right? There is just no way to ever ensure that those remain private in this day and age. It's impossible. Another strategy is to ask a lot of questions and remain cautious. Just don't be too quick to trust people online. And if someone's answers don't make sense or they seem to contradict things that they told you previously, have a healthy level of suspicion. Don't let strangers gaslight you into thinking that you're the one that's crazy. Right. Right. And finally, keep your online settings private. If information about you isn't available to strangers, they're less likely to be able to choose you as a suitable target in the first place. Mm-hmm. And another new and horrible cyberbullying tactic is doxing. So this is when a person or an organization's private information or documents are published on the internet. So this can be a person's home address or phone number, private photos. And what's really scary is that people have been doxed with their photos and locations of their children oh, being posted online or a company's internal documents. And the reason people would do this is, you know, sometimes they're trying to encourage other people to also threaten the target or they're trying to increase the target's risk of financial loss or just trying to publicly humiliate them. It's awful, you know, mm-hmm. but some strategies to avoid this include being very aware from the first time children start using the internet of the information that they share online. Personal details like mother's maiden name or birthplace should be kept secure because they can help hackers gain access to private accounts because those are often used as passwords or answers to security questions. Right, right. And also just be very careful when using public Wi-Fi. Like I remember the days when we would walk into a coffee shop and you'd have to pay for the (laughs) Wi-Fi. And now there's free Wi-Fi everywhere, which is wonderful for access, but terrible for security. Right. right? We all know that public Wi-Fi is just not very secure. So, you know, just make sure that you teach your kids to always use a secure VPN or just not log on to public Wi-Fi at all. Mm-hmm. You know, we should our- ourselves also get into the habit of Googling ourselves. So like Google your name regularly so that if we are a victim, we can catch it early. So we obviously want to talk about what we as parents or responsible adults can do about all of this. And the first thing we can do is notice, be vigilant, be aware, pick up on changes in the behavior of the kids in your life early, and then talk to them about it. We want to foster open communication. And ideally, this starts from the very beginning of their lives, but it's never too late to start. Our kids should feel comfortable coming to us with their problems, whether they're offline or online. Right. And document. Keep a record of every incident. Take screenshots. Then report. Report the bullying to the school. 
and submit online reports to any apps or websites where bullying is happening, most do have clear processes in place to do this. If you feel it's appropriate, also report it to the police. That's right. And support. This can mean posting positive comments publicly in response to public cyberbullying. It means letting the victim know privately that you're always there for them. It means getting trained professionals like guidance counselors or therapists involved. Parents can also advocate for school teachers and staff to receive anti-bullying training. You know, and most importantly, model kindness and respect. Let your kids see you speaking respectfully about other people, even if you disagree with them. You know, let them see you civilly manage conflict with loved ones and with strangers. Another important strategy is to help your kids find a group they can be part of. So this may be through a club, a sport, a volunteer activity, or a religious organization. You know, having a part of their life where they do feel accepted and welcomed you know, can be really incredibly protective for their self-esteem. And, you know, studies show that bullying can be traumatic for bystanders as well as victims. Mm-hmm. So teach your kids to be upstanders. Upstanders are bystanders who safely intervene when someone else is being bullied. Techniques for upstanders include questioning the bullying behavior, distracting the bully by changing the subject, using humor to redirect a bully's conversation, showing up as a group to indicate that multiple people disagree with the bullying behavior, walking or standing with the victim, and reaching out to the victim to let them know that you care. Yeah, and in terms of cyberbullying, prevention is also important. You know, kids often have trouble understanding the power of their virtual footprint, so to speak. You know, it's our job as adults to teach them that, you know, digital words have real world consequences. But just like we teach them to brush their teeth every day and, you know, let's teach them to practice digital hygiene, too. I can just picture us telling our kids to floss their keyboards. Um, Hey, it's a new generation. They need new metaphors. (laughs) (laughs) Too true, too true. And along with their fancy new metaphors, Mm -hmm. they need to be in the habit of stopping and thinking before they post anything. Right. You know, tell them to remember that nothing online is private and anything can be forwarded. Would they be embarrassed or would someone else be hurt if it was? They also need to understand the importance of always keeping their passwords private, even from their best friends. And really, this is an important skill in modern adulthood, too. But parents should always have access to their kids' passwords. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and they need to be taught to keep their privacy settings secure and to tell trusted adults if they are the target of online bullies. And this is a little more big picture, but if you have the bandwidth... We need voting citizens to call on big tech to do their part to protect our children and teens. Call or write your elected officials, contact social media companies, post on your own social media channels, write an op-ed, do whatever you can to demand that technology companies put people above profits and that lawmakers insist that safeguards be put in place. That's so right. You know, we all need to use whatever power we have in this arena. And the thing is, bullying doesn't just affect children. Bullying can occur among adults as well. Right. Right. The Harvard Business Review reports that about 30% of the U.S. workforce admits to being bullied at work. Oh, my gosh. Right. Researcher Ludmila Praslova and her colleagues identified 15 features of workplace bullying. So this is fascinating, I think. The first feature in their list is being hostile. 
This includes yelling, throwing things, or lying about someone to get them fired. The next feature is being instrumental. So this includes spreading rumors in order to remove someone the bully perceives as a threat or claim that person's resources like their office, their grant funding, their professional contacts, whatever might be their job. And the next is being direct, which includes yelling, physical violence, sending cruel messages, or using aggressive body language. The opposite of that feature is being indirect, which includes sabotaging or withholding important information that someone needs to do their job. And then there's being overt, which means embarrassing someone in front of others. As opposed to being covert, which includes more subtle blame placing and gaslighting. And then the next feature is downward targeting, which means bullying by the boss of his or her employees, which is the majority of workplace bullying situations. Ugh, sounds so toxic. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then there's also horizontal targeting, which is the bullying of peers or professional equals. Not super surprising, right? But less commonly, but surprisingly not infrequently, there's upward targeting, which is the bullying of superiors by subordinates, which includes things like repeated disrespect or refusing to complete assigned tasks. And then there's mixed targeting, which is where a clique of supervisors and employees target other supervisors and employees in multiple directions. So that's 10 features of bullying. The last five features in these researchers' list all have to do with the cost of bullying. And these include physical costs, such as burnout or illness. And psychological costs, such as anxiety, PTSD, suicidal ideation. Then there are social costs, such as loss of friends or one's professional network. Economic costs, such as loss of the job itself and or income. And organizational costs. So these are losses to the company in terms of productivity and revenue. They also include employee turnover, legal costs, healthcare costs, damage to the company's reputation. It is interesting to note that bullying has negative effects on the business, not just the humans involved. Mm-hmm. So all the more reason, right, for supervisors to look out for this and, exactly. and to nip things in the bud, right? And these researchers note that bullies usually target the organization's star performers because the bullies themselves are mediocre and they envy others' accomplishments. But they're often successful at presenting as high achievers, even though they lack both emotional maturity and the ability to actually do their job well. Right. And Preslova and her colleagues also note that the vast majority of solutions for workplace bullying are systemic, not strategies that are up to individuals. You know, so much traditional advice has included telling people to either ignore a bully's behavior or report it to HR, neither of which is entirely wrong, but both of which usually end up causing more stress for the victim and both of which rarely stop bullies from continuing their bullying. Even if the victim or the bully leaves the company, the bully typically just moves on to another target in their new circle. So some of the solutions suggested include training employees in professional communication, So instead of saying, this report is a load of crap, saying, can you please place this data in a chart so it's more readable? (laughs) (laughs) Reducing unrealistic deadlines and resource scarcity because coworkers competing over limited clients or funds is often a trigger for bullying. Another solution is having an independent group review demotions or discipline to make sure that they're not the result of bullying. And sharing documents in a company-wide location to prevent people from stealing others' credit. 
And interestingly, weeding out for bullying personality characteristics during the hiring process is also important. Mm, that's key. Yeah. So one of the most important things that you can do to be ready to advocate for yourself at work in case you ever need it is to be familiar with your employer's HR policies and procedures. So knowing the hierarchy, what the company considers to be unacceptable behavior, and the ins and outs of the reporting process, it's all really powerful. Mm-hmm. And it can also help you be an upstander for a colleague who's being bullied and needs help navigating the system. And everyone's heard this before, but we'll reiterate. Remember that if you or your child or someone you know is experiencing suicidal ideation or thoughts of hurting themselves or others, call 911 or seek emergency medical care immediately. You know, bullying is tough to experience and it's tough to witness, but increased awareness makes a huge difference. Together, we can tackle this beast. And now it's time for our physician mom hack of the week. So since we've been discussing the online world and since it's important to teach kids not to share passwords to decrease the risk of being hacked or impersonated online, it's also important to teach them how to create strong passwords. So here's a good tip. Use an accented letter as part of your password. All those accents and umlauts on your phone (laughs) keyboard are great opportunities to make your password uncrackable. All those years in French class growing up in Canada, Monsieur Laville would be so proud that the accent aigu was such a part of my daily life. Probably <laughs> so comes in useful. Right? <laughs> so that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening and for all your support. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all other major social media platforms. And subscribe and review us in Apple Podcasts because reviewing helps other people like you find the show. And if you'd like to support us with a monthly donation, just go to our website at HippocraticCoast.com and click on the Become a Friend of the Show button. We'd be forever grateful. And send us a message to let us know what topics you'd like to hear us cover next. We love hearing your ideas. Thanks, everyone, and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers. And all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.